Welcome to the Leadership Network Podcast. This podcast will help you discover what is next for you and your church. As leaders, we can get zoomed in on our day-to-day when we often need to zoom out and have a vision for the big picture. The Leadership Network Podcast curates groundbreaking conversations to help us look past the now and to see what is next. Leadership Network is a community of multipliers who gather to collaborate, innovate, and pursue what God has next for His church. Our mission is to champion healthy growth that is capable of reproducing. Thank you for joining this conversation, and here's today's episode. All right, hey everybody. Welcome to the Metaverse Church Next Show. This is a a new experience, a new show we're doing with Leadership Network, Metaverse Church Next. And my name is Jeff Reed. I'm the host of the show, and, and it is a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, I'm about ready to say a bunch of words, and hopefully they all make sense when they say them, when I say them, when you hear them. So here with uh, Metaverse Church Next, we're championing the idea of churches in the metaverse. If we're looking at the church, if we're looking at the church in the metaverse, seeing the opportunities to disciple people in the metaverse, to look at the metaverse as a mission field, and even uh, an opportunity to be the church in, in, in metaverse spaces. So I've said the word metaverse a bunch of times. We're going to define what, what that means here. Uh, and well, we'll do it. You know, we'll do it right now. It's cool. So here with the metaverse uh, next show, metaverse church next show, it'll get more of a rhythm. This is the first time. Give me a break. Here where we're going with this. Uh, man, look, you've got, you've got virtual reality. You've got people wearing headsets like these walking around in, in these virtual reality environments. We're going to be talking more about that today. But really, with when you look at, at the metaverse, you're seeing an expanded other opportunities just beyond virtual reality. You're looking at augmented reality. And, and Apple's working on a pair of glasses that look just like these, where you'll be able to have a mixed reality, or what they're calling XR, a mixed reality of augmented and a virtual reality coming together. When you and this opens up a whole bunch of things with Web three, three point where you're looking at, at Bitcoin and how all that's working, blockchain, crypto, AI. I had interesting conversations just even today on the ethics surrounded around artificial intelligence and what we, the church, what our stance needs to be in the next three to five years. And it was an incredible conversation. We're going to have them here on the show probably closer to summer. But there's just a whole opportunity to us to dive into and to better understand how we, the church, need to be part of, of what's happening here in the metaverse. So we're going to be diving into this just to hear in a little bit, a little bit about myself here, just as we're kicking it off. My name is Jeff Reed. Some of you may know me. Awesome. If you don't know me, hey, it's, it's great to meet you here in uh, virtual show land. And so I, I run an organization. I run several organizations. One of them is the Church Digital, helping establish churches, understand how to do digital ministry more effectively. We really get into discipleship and multiplication far more than the streaming aspects of that. Um, but in addition, we, we do a lot uh, with Metaverse. And, and so actually just this past week, we did a an install for a uh, a church that wanted a, a Metaverse campus. So we built a Metaverse campus for them and drove up and uh, flew up and did some uh, volunteer training and things like that in the Metaverse. So lots of opportunities working with physical space. And then there's Digital Church Network, where we work with organic movements and digital church planting and Metaverse planting. And we'll get on some of those conversations later. And, and honestly, I could talk about 
myself all day, but you all don't want to hear that. You actually want to get into the show and kind of learn here as we're diving into Metaverse 101. What are some of the basics if we're looking at Metaverse Church? And so for that conversation, I'm bringing in one of the few people in the country who actually have the job title Metaverse Pastor, and that's going to be Michael Yuzdevinas, uh, who is, uh, well, I tell you what, Michael, and I apologize in advance, I will call him Goose half the time, because his nickname is Goose. Fun story, another time, we'll talk about it here, maybe towards, towards the end, but uh, Goose, man, well, just set up yourself here a little bit, tell us your, your story, uh, and, and tell us kind of what uh, a church, uh, what your role is there with uh, Cornerstone. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. So uh, I, yeah, my title is, is Metaverse Pastor. Uh, I started out for many years just as an attorney. Um, that was, that was my trade for about a decade and a half. Technically I still am, but uh, felt the call to ministry a few years back, um, entered uh, more traditional ministry uh, in uh, at the end of 2017. And um then all of a sudden COVID hits and we start talking with some folks that are doing some interesting things in VR. And it just so happened that one of the other threads in my life has always been uh, video games. I've always been a gamer, but also a game maker. So I've always been programming from when I was eight years old and my dad brought home an Apple IIe computer. I instantly wanted to know how it worked and instantly you know, was trying to program with it. So it's just something I've always done. So about 10 years ago, I started playing with this really neat uh, piece of software called Unity and making games with it and was just doing that as, as part hobby, part business. But lo and behold, it turns out that in order to build worlds in these VR spaces, it's all done in Unity. And so there was this really uh, interesting convergence of the, of the pieces that the Lord had used in my life all sort of coming together to uh, provide this opportunity when I when I talk with Pastor Jason at Cornerstone, who one day said, hey, you know, I'm looking for a pastor who knows how to make video games. I said, well, that's, a, that's oddly specific uh, to, to my life. And uh, over, over many months of, of discussion with, with my, my former church and, and Jason, we decided this is the Lord is in this. It, it's, just, it's just too, uh, too perfect of a setup to, to, to pass that up. And so that's been my role for um, almost a year now. Yeah, and so what, uh, what Michael's doing is he's, he's literally running uh, a church in, in, in the metaverse, a, a, a physical campus a, uh, or a, a virtual representation of, of a lot of the ministry that, that's happening in physical space. And we're going we're gonna to dive in because there's some nuances. There's some things where, where physical or IRL in real life, where IRL ministry, it parallels and, and it looks similar to what happens uh, in, in the metaverse. But there's areas where it's completely different. And, and actually, he's mentioned uh, J-Po, Jason polling a couple times. Jason's going to be our guest on the next show. Here we do the show next week, uh, Wednesday, 1230 Eastern. So kind of got a one-two punch here as we're talking to really like one of the, one of the few churches that at this point ha have, have taken that step, a physical church, an IRL church that's doing metaverse ministry. There are others, and, and there are more, more and more seem to be coming on each week. Uh, but really, legacy guys that have been doing this for a while. Uh, what we're seeing here out, out of uh, Cornerstone, Yuba City, and VR is, is, man, they're the front runners in that. Well, hey, I mean, let's just e even open this up here. Um, what do churches 
look like in, in the metaverse? Like what? So I just said you're running a campus. What what does that even mean? Yeah. Uh, for us, what it what it looks like is you, we've got um, AltSpace, which is one of the social apps in in VR, and we have a world that's built out that uh, you know looks like a church, looks a little bit like our church in in Yuba City, although not exact. And we've got this you know we've got this campus built out, and every Sunday we hold services there. Um, whoever's preaching most weeks, it's pastor Jason that preaches, but, uh, he, he comes in, he preaches two services in the physical church, and then he pops the headset on and he comes there as an avatar and preaches a third service in alt space. And we have our people who, uh, call cornerstone home or our alt space campus. They call it home. We've got a lot of people that come in wondering what's going on. Uh, and, and it very much has all of the elements that you would expect of a physical church. And so we do that in alt space. That's again, that's one of the apps on the, on, on, in VR that you can do. You can also do it on a desktop browser, but, uh, and then we go over to VR chat, which is, it's, it's another social app very much. Well, it's, it's like alt space in the sense that it is an app. It's very different in terms of the, 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 the kind of the feel and the culture over there, but. We go over there and we do the same thing. We've got a church that's built out in there. We go in as avatars. We preach. Uh, we do Q and A, and um, and again, we see both of those as churches with um, with congregations with, with with a flock that we care for. And there are people that show up there, the people that we have, where they don't have another church. So me and Jason are their pastors. Cornerstone is their church. Yeah. So, and he, he touched on, on briefly, it's so good. I, and I want to come back to the fact that you and, and Jason are, are those pastors, because there's an interesting nuance that, that you haven't mentioned yet. You and Jason live on opposite sides of the United States. Jason's over on the Pacific side and you're down over here with, with me in South Florida in Fort right. Lauderdale. And, and so I want to come back to that. But the idea here is with, um, uh, with these platforms. So you've got all VR, You've got a platform called uh, VR Chat. You've got another platform that's called Rec Room. Uh, Facebook just came out with one called Horizons. You know, I, this may not be a true apples to apples comparisons, but I kind of look at them like social media uh, networks. They're communities, mm -hmm. and, and and within the community, they they attract the type of person. They have some have stronger rules and regulations, some have weaker rules and regulations, and so you're kind of looking at all four of these. Uh, platforms within virtual reality, these communities within virtual reality. And so the majority, to be honest, the majority of churches, when they start out, start out in this one that's called Alt All VR. It's run by by Microsoft. And, and it's, I would call it the Facebook uh, of, uh, of these communities. It kind of reaches an, an older crowd. It's been around for a while. Um, everybody seems to have an account. They may or may not be in there all the time, but everyone's had some experience in in alt vr and then you get into the rec room which is maybe a, it's a little more like the the TikTok crowd it's attacked uh, attracting a younger crowd because uh, uh rec room is based off of um uh, xbox vr and playstation vr so the gaming kind of tracks the younger you're more likely to be in rec room and get cussed out by a 14 year old like that's what's going to happen uh in in rec room because you got 14 year olds running around with, you know, unfiltered language, dropping F-bombs. Yeah. Well, welcome to, uh, to Rec Room. 
it, the 14 year old needs Jesus. Like you need to get in there as, as the mission yeah. field. Uh, but that's some of the challenges. And then you've got VR chat, which is like the wild, wild west. Um, that has no parental filters. And, and so you're likely to have a conversation with an avatar who's not wearing any clothes or, you know, and, and I've had people estimate, I don't know that this is the truth, but I've had people in that space tell me that as much as 40 to 50% of um, VR chat traffic are people having virtual sex. Uh, mm -hmm. and so if you're around for like the early AOL days uh, with the chat rooms, if you go back that far, it's like, hey, you know what? They, they just moved that over to, to VR. And, and that's, that's the thing. So the, and then you've got the Facebook um, horizons, which honestly is too soon to tell yeah. what this thing's going to be. Like it, it's just come out recently. And, and so, Michael, you, you're, you're doing it in, um, you're, you're, you're running the church. You started in, in Alt-VR. Um, talk to me a little bit here. Like, how did you move over? Or why did you move over? Because now you're, you're in VR chat, which is, that's, that's an aggressive world like i, I don't want to oversell this but it's it's you, i have people telling me no church does not belong in vr chat because of the environment and, and the people that are in there but you're basically moving into the red light district and you set up a church in that space like what was what was the mindset behind that with y'all that's a pretty good analogy um well you know for for cornerstone a key aspect of going into vr chat was um was something that happened with one of the people that came to altspace so we had a young man who was um absolutely entrenched in the vr chat culture um all of the things that you were talking about and he's very open about sharing that and he ended up coming to an altspace church service and through that service and through the relationship that he developed with Pastor Jason, he gave his life to Christ. Mm. And when he did that, he turned around and said, we, we have to reach the, the people that, I'm, that I've been running with. Like, they need Jesus really badly. And so, um, so he kind of took it upon himself to just start creating the world there. And... Um, and Cornerstone just kind of wrapped around that vision of, of this idea that essentially what, what we had was a native, like we, it, it would be the equivalent of going to, you know, some mission field and raising up a native that would be able to help us navigate their tribes or their culture and their language and all of that. And so, so to have that has been absolutely invaluable. And that was, that was really kind of the, the motivation where we say like, look, like, look at what the Lord's doing. How can we not go there? And so that, that's really, really having, having that, having the, the person that was championing that who is a native was a big part of that. And, and now we've got another young lady who came to Christ, who is doing, it's the exact same thing with rec room. She is a rec room native, rec room expert builder came to us as a Satan worshiper, came to our alt space campus as someone who came to troll us, came to, came to just cause chaos, found out that we weren't going to respond with hate. We were going to respond with love and acceptance and tell her God loves trolls. And so do we. And through the relationships that she built with us, in particular with one of the ladies at the church, she, this young lady ended up giving her life to Christ 
and then turned around and said, I'm going to build your church and rec room. Wow. So, so some of it has been vision in terms of the, uh, you know, as far as pastor Jason and myself and saying, Hey, where can, where else can we go? Let's, let's, let's try and go to these places. But, but also some of it has been the Lord just opening doors for us. That's, that's great. You know, we, you've told the story, you know, just hear about the, the Satan worshiper. Um, and, and so it, is that, I'm, I'm going to ask a question. It's future queen of hell, right? In, in, in the story. That was her yeah. screen name. Yeah. was the she showed up as the future queen of hell was her screen name yeah and and, and what's what's interesting is even even the trolls need jesus and, and through the relationship of of many people you know and, and some of them through your church that was a, a nine month a 12 like how how long was that story maybe from beginning to end yeah that's even as a troll to jesus yeah that's probably about a nine month process wow and, and so i mean you're really starting to pull the thread here on the the relational aspects of, of what you can find in, in these in these metaverses and in physical church we often find that people find Jesus and then they join the community in in digital and and really in meta it's it's the exact opposite where we're finding that people are finding the community and through the community then they're getting connected to Jesus you know I've, I've heard stories of of people that weren't saved uh, serving on the tech team for a, a metaverse church, literally running the the slide software, the equivalent to the pro presenter operator in, in the metaverse, was somebody who didn't even believe in Jesus, but he was yep. friends within the community, and, and so we're finding more and more of of that kind of happen. Well, let me let me ask you this: Let's it talks about some of the the attributes. So you know, you've got your the physical type of person, and and, and I would say that that who we're reaching in the metaverse doesn't really challenge it's not like we're competing with it because we're finding really like with uh the future queen of hell here it's a, it's a different type of person that we're reaching like who are you reaching with your your metaverse church and maybe parallel it to the type of person that uh, that yuba city is reaching there with cornerstone yeah um we we're certainly reaching people who outside of a miracle of God are not going to get up on Sunday and say, I think I'm going to go to a church today. Um, the, the vast majority of the people that we're talking to, that's not the thought in their head and it won't be. So that is one. And that spans a really broad range of demographics, um, you know, from, from age to culture to race. Like there's just a lot of people who are not thinking I need to go to church today. So we talked to a lot of people, uh, that 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 have that are in that spot we talk to quite a few people who are very vocal about their um mental and emotional issues and they say they may even actually desire to go to a church but they can't be around crowds for whatever reason there's a variety of reasons why some of them are physical um we we have one of our mo key key leaders is a man who cannot leave his house. He has such physical ailments that he cannot leave his house. But in the metaverse, he's one of our most effective evangelists, one of our most, he's actually the head of our discipleship right now. Like, mm. like we just installed him as head of discipleship because he is so effective at discipleship and bringing in others to uh, you know, get in the discipleship uh, pathway. And he, 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 will he won't be able to do that physically. So we have people who just simply cannot go, even if they wanted to. 
we have quite a few de-churched people. Um, quite a few people that I talk to say, I haven't been to church in 20 years. And they're there and you can, you know, you can just kind of sense in their voice that they're looking for someone to trust, that they, they know that church is, is, is where they should be. But for whatever reason, they have a hurt that they have not been able to get over. And, and actually, we have helped some of those people get over that. And, and so um, we, we've, we've got that. We have people who go to church. <laughs> we have people that when they show up, they say, hey, we heard something like this in our physical church this morning. It, here's how it relates. And they just they do physical church and then they come hang out with us, too. Um, and the, 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 the one narrative I have not yet heard ever is someone that says, yeah, I was going to physical church and then I found you guys and I stopped going there. <laughs> I've never heard that. That is not, that has never happened as far. Now, maybe it has, but I've never had that narrative. I've never talked with anybody in that narrative. Um, we have had people come to VR church, come to our, our metaverse campuses and then start going to physical church that we have had happen. So, um, yeah, so that that's, you know, and there's lots of nuances as far as the, the, you know, the, the stories that we hear and some of the other narratives that, that we encounter, but generally that's, that's kind of the, some of the big buckets that we encounter. You know, that, that physical digital or physical, uh, meta kind of narrative reminds me a little bit. We, I did a podcast with you over on the church digital, uh, with you and, and some of your team. And I remember angel angel, I think got baptized um in, in the metaverse and somebody's probably freaking out on me like i, I don't mean mean to be that like you can baptize it in the metaverse but what what was interesting with angel she's like yeah and i, and I hope to get baptized in, in in physical space too like for her it was it was a, a both thing it, it wasn't an exclusive you know and I, i've met some people that that do think metaverse is exclusive and and, and i've met people that that like angel that see it as both um, and, and, and the, the ecclesiology, I'm not going to argue, it's funny, I used to try to argue this, but I don't want to argue the ecclesiology of a meta church today here in 2022. I, I think it'll, it'll work itself out in the next 10 or 15, 20 years as culture accepts more of it. And as the, the strength of the technology defines, uh, I, I think that we, uh, that are the, and guys like Michael that are so aggressive in this season, uh, in this space, there's an opportunity, uh, to cling to the, the, biblical narrative what the bible calls the church to be what are the functions start with acts 2 and, and you know go from there but beyond that it's 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 an experiment what how how michael is interpreting it through cornerstone vr is going to be different than how dj soto is going to read it uh over for for vr church he's going to be different than how stewart's reading it for lakeland vr and so like we all get these different perspectives as we're experimenting with this and and one of the things honestly i love about guys like goose and, and and dj and some of the others is hey let's not let's not yell at let's not be mad at let's not stop the innovation let's embrace it let's recognize it as an experiment and encourage these guys that that are going out there and that are being innovative when culture is not i mean i hate to say this but probably the most controversial thing that i've ever said in, in a digital environment is there can be a metaverse church like on YouTube, I get 10 X the number of people yelling at me, uh, compared to that. So 
you know, well. recognizing that it's an experiment. What what are you feeling? Do you do you feel let me ask let me ask this question. Do you feel negative from the outside? And do you feel negative from people within the church? I'd be interested in your perspective there. Um so I don't. Um that for a few reasons I don't feel negative for a few reasons. Um there are there are some some of the noise that's that's now starting to emerge and it's getting louder and louder. Um, it, it really is coming from voices that don't really understand what it is. They've got a, a few minor data points, but they don't really get it. And it's a little bit like um, I feel in the, for those, I just feel like it, you know, you've got kids, I've got four. It's a little bit like hearing someone with no kids tell me how to parent. It's like, okay, like, thanks, but you don't know what you're talking about. And that's okay. I know you mean well, so I don't hold it against them, but it's not useful. For the people who have taken the time to actually, like, actually look into it, not necessarily that they're trying to get into metaverse ministry, but try to understand it to see what what is going on and what are the questions that we need to look out for? What are the pitfalls we might need to watch out for, we value those conversations. Pastor Jason and I are all the time saying, okay, let's do this, but wait, is this okay? (laughs) Like, what about this? What about that? Like, we're not just going into this saying like, let's just do whatever and let the chips fall where they may. We are aggressive. We're always saying, just pull the trigger, let's go. But we are thinking deeply about the theological implications of some of the things that we are saying, let's let's do. So for the people who have actually looked into this and and are offering, you know, points and counterpoints, those are super valuable. We love having those conversations. Uh, so so the uh, the noise in that space and the challenges, it it really is a matter of kind of filtering it out. But um, but but also, I I for me it, the noise to me is is positive. Um, I, when I, when I, when I was making video games and I was actually, you know, publishing them for sale, one of the greatest moments for me was when I found out one of my games was really like kind of heavily being pirated. Like people were stealing the game and not paying for it. And I, I saw that and I said, you know, I mean, obviously that's not a good thing, but it meant something <laughs> like that was like an, a weirdly proud moment. And so, um, you know, I, I hear this isn't. I'm not pulling this from scripture. I'm pulling this from Reggie Jackson, who, when they asked him, how does it feel when everybody boos you at opposing stadiums? And he says, fans don't boo nobodies. So (laughs) if the boos are coming, we're on to something. That that's interesting. uh, Reggie Jackson, right? That that's, uh, that's, that's a good one to remember. Hey, uh, so, I mean, you're, we, we teased this a little bit. You're, you're based in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, There's some questions, by the way, in, in the chat, Keep them coming. We're, we're, I'm going to address some of those at the end. A couple of those are the really good, the ones that I'm seeing. But for you, you are um, you, you're a pastor. You live in Fort Lauderdale. And Cornerstone, uh, Yuba City, is in Northern California. Four time zones away. Uh, and I, I know you do that flight. What is that, like a 12-hour flight, an 8, 10-hour <laughs> flight? Feels um, like it. Yeah, so like what... But you're, 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 you're pastoring Metaverse, so you're working with people i you know the little bit i know of your your core team volunteers one lives in georgia one lives in the carolinas uh like you're you're you're, you're spread out um are, are there challenges with that uh, communication connection issues like 
what is it for you to work at a church championing a metaverse thing when you're not actually rubbing shoulders physically yeah yeah it's it's challenging um i i miss you know walking the halls and and seeing people and throwing bouncing ideas off of each other and and having that sort of connection i, I miss that a lot um at the same time you know we we maintain that it's possible to still have effective ministry through a digital medium and and so far it has been very effective i mean the fruit that has been born from it it speaks for itself and so you know i i take the i take the challenges and some of the drawbacks of that and just say you know this is this is just a difficulty that you know we kind of have to walk through and and it's in the end as long as we're being effective it's not you know it's not about my happiness necessarily it's about are we being effective to advance the gospel and that so far has been i think the the fruit has proven that, that it is being effective the lord is working and so even with the difficulties um we we say onward let's let's keep going we're also figuring it out um, when, when pastor Jason and I talked initially and, and pastor Roby, my former pastor had some really great questions in the space saying, Hey, but what about this? That's what about this? Like, how are you going to deal with that? And some of them were like, I don't know, we're going to have to get into it and see and make sure. And so, ha you know, I just have a, a multitude of wise voices that speak into, into the situation and are looking out for me. The elders of, um, of Cornerstone are, are so great about checking in on me in particular, knowing that I'm out on an island, sort of uh, in, in terms of, of staff and, and, and in terms of the ministry implications of that. And so they're just very good about making sure that everything is okay. And, and frankly, there have been more than a few times where, you know, they've reached out and, every, you know, I was not in a great place, you know, it was just kind of in a lonely place. And, you know, people in a lonely place don't necessarily have the wherewithal to reach out and say, I'm lonely. You know, I just kind of sit in it. And so them being proactive, Pastor Jason being proactive and saying, how are you doing? How are you doing? That ultimately is 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 uh, is the thing that like kind of keeps it all going. And that really is the essence of metaverse ministry. Like, like if you really boil it down to what is the most effective thing in metaverse ministry, it is just go letting people talk, like just going and saying, how are you doing? And being an empathetic listener so that you can, so that you can respond. That's, that's really fascinating. Like, so it's boil it down. What, what I just heard you say is the most important thing that, that you as a metaverse pastor can do is empathetically listen to people. So like, how does that, let's just, let's just roll that idea out. How does that idea influence what you do? So like, you know, your, your, your church services, the conversations during the week, uh, unpack and, and through the lens of empathetically listening, what does it actually mean to pastor somebody uh, in, in a metaverse church? Yeah. Yeah. It means seeing everything as, as two way. Everything is two-way communication. It's always a two-way street. Um, and, and that informs how we do our services. A huge part of our service is Q&A. Like at the end, I mean, if you look at our service, you, it would look probably very much like most of the churches in the United States right now, where we, where we, we have a, a kind of a pre-service time, we do worship, 
and then we do a sermon and we, and sometimes we do communion. And so all of that would, would generally look the same, but for us, we basically open it up to the audience, to the, to the congregation, whoever's there and say, okay, cool. What questions do you have? You know, raise your hand and, and we'll get to it. And it's as, it's as bonkers as you might think. We get, we get some, we get some amazing insight from our, from our people. We have, we have really seasoned Christians that call Cornerstone home and they, and they'll, they'll come up, you know, and they'll, 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 they'll add to what we've talked about, or they'll ask a very, very like deep question, a very important question. And that discussion sometimes is the mechanism where people experience their spiritual growth. And so, but, 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 and then some people just need to be heard and, and that, and for the people that have that, that, that opportunity to come in and say, I'm struggling with this. It may not have anything to do with the sermon, but they may come in and just say, you know, here's what I'm struggling with, or here's, here's what my lifestyle is. Does Jesus still love me? Can I come to Jesus like this? And it's, it's like week after week in both alt space and VR chat. I just, I, I step away from that just amazed at some of the some of the things and the and the and the transformations that I've just like you can hear happening to someone far away, all because we 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 just put some headsets on. It's 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 amazing. It's beautiful. So you know you're trying to be an empathetic listener, and, and I'm going to hit one of the questions from the from the audience because uh, because really they're asking, how do you read body language? You know, so much of of having a conversation. In, in physical space, you know, I'm, I'm pastoring somebody, I'm looking somebody in the eye, they're diverting their attention away from me, they, they won't look me in the eye, I know something else is going on, I can dig in. Um, body language, do you do you have that level? Um, what, what, what is it? What does it look like kind of inferring and understanding when you're having conversations like that in the metaverse? Yeah, that's great. That's a great question. Um, obviously, we don't get body language in the same way that we would in the physical space, we certainly don't get any sort of, you know, like anything sort of like the facial recognition or anything like that. So that is, um, I wouldn't call it a weakness, but it's one aspect of communication that we don't get. It doesn't invalidate it because it's once you are communicating in, in that through this medium enough, you start to understand what other nuances might be happening and start to pick up on it. Um, you know, the example that Pastor Jason uses all the time is, you know, we would never say that somebody who's visually impaired couldn't be a counselor. We would never say that. There can be, there are very effective people who can't see that can be a counselor. So what about them? Like if, if it would invalidate that to say that this is not an, a valid way of communicating. Now, again, like I said, it's, it, there are some things that you have to make up for, but there are things that we get that you don't get in the physical space. And what I think we're going to realize down the road is, and, and, and psychologists and psychiatrists or whoever is going to come into the space and really start to understand what communication in this medium really means. And we're going to, we're, we are going to realize that there are strengths in this space that you don't get in the physical and actually start using it appropriately. Where I do believe at some point we're going to get to the we're going to get to the spot where somebody phys, in a physical space is going to be communicating or counseling or whatever it may be and say, "You know what? This is going to be better if we do it 
in VR or XR or whatever it may be. The anonymity that we've got gives us access to people in an unprecedented way. And that is a strength that, um, that has, again, is just shown to yield so much fruit and it really has microwaved relationships. Rather than having to, you know, sort of like pull information from people that they may not want to give, there, many people are, are, are there to just unburden themselves about things. Many people are there and say, I feel safe to tell you all of this because you have no idea who I am. You, you don't even know what continent I live on if, if you can't really tell. So I feel safe enough to tell you all of that. And, and so that is, is, is something. So, so we kind of just lean into that and say, I may not be able to tell if you're bored talking to me, but I did just hear about all of your childhood trauma. So let's, let, let's get to counseling on that. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Uh, and it's it's interesting, even when talking, we, we had a conversation recently with the, with the church, and, and it was like, don't ask the real names. Don't, because when you ask the real name and they tell you, there's a little bit of that that innocence, a little bit of that privacy, a little bit of that openness that, that goes away, because now I know who the person is. And, and so it's, it's, it's almost like you don't, it, you do ministry with the person, even though they have a handle. Even though it's it's goose or it's you know future queen of hell or, or whatever it is, like you don't you don't need. Whereas in physical, you shake hands. Hey, I'm Jeff. What's your name? And, yep. and and it's and it's so natural in physical space to do that. But when you're really looking at, at metaverse, if you can hold that question, what's your name, and, and start to dive into, oh my gosh, the things that open up, the conversations that you can have by by listening in these environments is. Is, is beautiful. Man, thank you for saying that, Michael. So so good. Hey, we had talked another question that, that I see here. Um, and, and if there are other questions, feel free to throw them in and, and we'll, we'll address them. We kind of kind of um, ping pong around here a little bit. Um, so I, I know you're we, we talked about different platforms that you're on. We talked about, um, you know, you're you're in all VR, you're in uh, VR chat. It sounds like you're exploring um, uh, rec room and, and starting to build something in that space. Uh, and, but there's, there's the idea of, uh, reaching people through, uh, gaming through, you know, oh, some yeah. of the MMO games, games that are out there. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think you're doing that now. Have you explored that kind of, uh, talk to me a little bit about the idea of, uh, of utilizing some of these gaming platforms. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, as I said, I, I'm, I've been a gamer my whole life. That's, that's really the world, like the world that I'm most comfortable with. Coming into places like Altspace and VR Chat, it was it, I was slightly surprised to find that it's not as much of a gaming community as I thought. It's much, much more of a social community. That said, we uh, gamers are still here, and there are a lot of vibrant communities around uh, games as well. And yes, we have looked at a few different games. One, the one MMO that we've we've sort of thought about was new world which was which is the amazon one we haven't gotten any traction on that yet i kind of want to see how it goes but anytime a new game comes out we've got eyes on it as is it a place where we can do some form of ministry and for me the big sort of like the the, the different again sort of buckets really kind of fall into are we looking at doing church there or are we looking to do outreach there 
And so for me so far, the most fruit uh, and, 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 the, and the landscape seems mostly designed for outreach. So for, for quite a while now, um, me and my boy Stone Cargo have been going into population one. And, and along with a few of our a few of our other friends, but but week in and week out, we have been going into Population One, which is the VR version of Fortnite. That's kind of the, the the shorthand for it. But we will go in and we will pop open a, a public lobby. We'll call it Bible study, pop one Bible study, whatever it is. We put Bible study in it, and we will just play. We'll just play games. We'll play matches. Keep going, and people will come in. 100% of the people that come in think it's a joke. They, nobody thinks that it's an actual Bible study. And then about 45 minutes in, after we have hung out, we've gotten to know each other a little bit. They see that, hey, like, you know, we like, <laughs> we're like shooting you, you like shooting us, and we, we play the game together. There, there's a connection. I'll circle everybody up and say, okay, it's time for the Bible study. And we will get people that drop out. We will get people that, say, you know, I'm going to stay and I'm going to troll. So many weeks, I will just preach a message with somebody unloading magazine after magazine into me with their MP5. And that's just how it goes. But quite a few people actually have stuck around and have made connections. And we, we you know, we, we send them to Discord, which is kind of our hub. But, but many times we have, we, we've had people stop and say like, that you could you could do something like this. This is awesome. Like, yeah, you know, I, I go to church here, and and I, but I never thought about doing ministry in this space, and this is great. And it's like turning on light bulbs for people, and then for people that have never heard the gospel. Um, I, the the one kid that I still remember who had to be about thirteen, it, uh, somewhere in America, you know, it, you can just tell. Um, and he came up afterwards. He goes, "What were you talking about?" And I said, oh, it was, you know, it's from the Bible, you know, like the Bible story of Jesus. He's like, no, I don't know. I don't have no idea what you're talking about. I said, well, like, okay, if you've seen the cross outside of a church, you, you know why there's a cross outside of a church, right? He's like, no, I've seen a cross. I have no idea. Like this kid, Jesus dying on the cross meant absolutely nothing to this kid. Just no idea. So I, I had literally like two minutes to give him the story of, <laughs> of the entire Bible, um, which, which, which I, you know, I did my best to. And, and, you know, it was a seed planted. I mean, he didn't just stop and say, okay, I want to, I want to do it. In fact, I said, what do you think? He goes, that's a lot to take in. I said, yeah, it is. But Hey, if you want to, you know, if you want to connect, if you want to ask questions or whatever, and you know, we friended up and that was it, but it's just about planting those seeds, planting the seeds, plant that's, we talk a lot about just planting seeds and using games to do that. It's an amazing opportunity because of that shared connection. The, the, the one thing that gaming has always done is that I don't know what I may know nothing about you, but if you play a game I like, at, at the very least, I know I got one thing in common with you. And if yeah. you can make that one connection, they just might listen to something else you have to say. Yeah. You're going to go plant a church in um, Cape Town, South Africa. I have no idea why that popped into my head, but let's let's run with it. Uh, you're you're, you're going to move there. You're, you're going to meet the people. You're going to walk around. Uh, you're going to learn the culture. Uh, you're going to learn how people think in that space. Uh, you're going to find the person of peace, maybe somebody that's that's friendly to the ideas and maybe friendly to God. Um, and, and so as we look at even even video games, uh, I, I think there's an opportunity 
to do that. Once again, controversial idea. Somebody out there is, is probably writing a very angry email. Uh, and so feel free to send it over. Uh, but the, the heart of this is, and there are, there are, we'll have DJ Soto with VR Church. He's been uh, on in a couple weeks. Uh, I think he's week three. And so he's been doing some things. Uh, probably one of the few guys I know that's doing an organized movement into MMO video games where he's doing Rust. He's doing um, Final Fantasy. I want to say they're doing Black Desert Online. I know some individuals that are doing Black Desert Online. Uh, and, and so, like, there's an opportunity, I think, to look at it as a mission field. Now, can you do it as a church? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but I know you can a mission field. I know there's plenty of people who need Jesus. There's an estimated 24 million people who play Final Fantasy online each week, um, active each week. Uh, and, and to say that, oh, there's nobody in there that doesn't know Jesus, I, I suggest probably a large majority of them uh, need uh, Jesus in their lives. And, and so would love um, the opportunity to even engage and, and to help churches get in there in, into even the video game stuff uh, as, as a mission field, even experimenting with it as, as a church. Hey, talking about another experiment here, uh, another question came in. Um, kids ministry, and I know we've had this conversation recently. Uh, so the, the context for this, this, uh, the question was more about digital, uh, which I, I think actually may loosen some of it up. And, and ma'am, if you want to reach out to me directly, I'm assuming it's a ma'am. That may have been a, a misconstrued on my part. I apologize. Whoever you are, if you want to reach out to me, uh, Jeff at the Church Digital, you can email me directly. We can talk digital on that. But for this question, I, I would love to unpack. Um, I would love to. And so Bruce, the producer, is like, it was a, it was a man. So, sir, I do apologize seriously for that. Uh, it's not the worst thing I'm going to do today, believe me. Uh, so, but answer this for me. Metaverse, kids ministry. What, what, what are some challenges? What are some obstacles? opportunities like as you've looked at for for the church what, what have you seen uh there with uh with metaverse yeah uh it's complex the the you know the the online you know so copa is the act that protects you know, children under 13 and so technically if you look at the t's and c's of any of these platforms you cannot be under 13 there are definitely kids under 13 on these platforms, but that's technically the rule. And so that's the first thing is, is like, you, you know, we just have to be very, very careful with that. And then even under 18, you know, that, so that 13 to 18 range, also you're still dealing with a minor. So this is where, you know, I'm, I, I've got both my pastor hat and my lawyer hat on when I'm talking to my people, but mostly the way that we've dealt with it right now, is um is we have just said look we need to be very very careful about this and use as much of the physical church uh principles in this space and do not get lax it, there is a tendency to think well because we're not in the same room physically we can loosen up our restrictions. We can loosen up what we know are best practices. And I would just say to anybody that's going to enter the space, do not do that. Have huge, wide boundaries over the interactions that you have with kids. Um, that being said, they're gonna you're going to have them, and you won't always know that you're having having them. I mean, it, it, they're, they're, it's just it, you just won't know. Um, but you know, just, just the, the kind of simple things where it's just like never have an, an individual interaction 
always have two people. If you're out, you know, if you're going to go out evangelizing or if you're going to, if you're going to have a meeting or something like that, it's just make sure that you've got, you know, you've got two people in the room <laughs> at all times monitoring that conversation so that, you know, the, the child is protected and then you know that the person is protected against an allegation that that is false. Right. So we haven't had any issues with that, but it doesn't mean that we don't have, you know, one reason I think is just because we, we, we try to have really, really, um, you know, again, those wide uh, boundaries, but it's, yeah, it ma mainly that. Now, I, I, the question probably was more about like, how do we, how do we actually service those kids? But my instantly my lawyer hat was on. I think that there are there are going to emerge opportunities for that crowd for the for the for the for the for the younger crowd, um, but because right now it's such a mix. Like you go to rec room, and yes, it's a lot of kids, but there are plenty of adults to play that. So while that while the common narrative is that it's for kids, and certainly more often you will see that there are plenty of adults in there, and so. The interactions are just, it can, it can kind of get a little bit strange. And so um, it's not even rec room. My point is this, even rec room, which is kind of designed for kids, isn't only kids in there. So, so like, I love that my kids play uh, and I, you know, like my children are, uh, you know, 15 and under. And so, but they, they have VRs, but like, they're not going into rec room by themselves, or at least I know I'm going to know exactly what they're doing. And there's no chatting with other people. Like I have that, I have that lockdown pretty, pretty well because I know like there's going to be adults in there. So I think there's something that might emerge that, that adults stay out of. I, it's, it's, you're just always going to have to be on guard that you, it's hard to, um, it's hard to put that gate up. Like is that, that you, you, you don't have the, the security guard at the front of kids men saying like, you can't come in unless you got your tag. We, we just don't have any way to do that. Yeah. So well, well, well said there, there's no bouncer in, uh, in, in metaverse kids. Um, what, what I've seen a couple places do is um, it's student led movements where it's, it's kids and students utilizing the platform to reach students. And, and I, I shouldn't say kids, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anybody that's sub 12 uh, because of all of the issues uh, centered around the, the terms and conditions, the T's and C's that aren't lining up uh, that won't let a 12 year old on. But 13 up, there seems to be more gray or more open to it. Uh, and so, like, you know, there are several there. The oldest digital church that I know of has been running probably 12 or 13 years at this point. And it was started uh, by by a guy on a platform called Roblox. Yeah. Uh, he's 22 now, and, and so if you're really bad at math, he started when he was like 11, and and, and building this Robloxian church. Now, I mean, it, it's it's a, and, and a lot of times with these student-led movements, theology's a, a little over the map. Um, even understanding of discipleship and what this is, it's more mimicking physical instead of really doing something in digital and, and meta, and, and so it's um, it's just it's a little interesting. Uh, but what you're finding specifically with this Daniel Heron, this guy that's been doing it for 12 years for Bloxian Christians, um, I mean, he's, he's probably impacted 50, 75,000 people through his, his digital church on this Robloxian platform. My kid spends, I don't know, probably 10 hours a week playing in this Roblox world and, and, and just going around to different places. And, and guys like Daniel 
are being the church and trying to build relationships and disciple in that space. And what's interesting is Daniel's now 22, and Daniel's like, I think I'm aging out of Robloxian Christians. It's time to get somebody else, because now yeah. I'm the creepy old guy talking with a bunch of little kids, and I, I don't, <clears throat> I don't want to do that. And so it's it's just this really interesting paradigm with trying to lead student-led movements in, in that space. Uh, there may be obstacles, and, and, and I can tell Goose's uh, law hat, his uh, lawyer hat's getting ready to come back on at some point here, but uh, there, there's definitely challenges in that space to reach a, a new kid, uh, a new type of person. Somebody that you're more familiar with, that you're comfortable with, that, that knows you, like maybe a little safer in that space, but that's, that's often the challenge is how do you embrace the mission field um, in, in that Hey, well, well, let's do this. We just we got a, a couple minutes left, and I realized, oh man, we didn't. I didn't ask that question. I, we got to talk about Discord, right? Like Discord's a major part if we're really looking at a one-on-one approach here towards metaverse ministry. What we're doing in platforms like Discord and asynchronous connection. Um, maybe define a little bit here, Michael. What what Discord is? Uh, just briefly, as we're landing the plane. Yeah. So Discord is. Um it's really just a chat program. Uh, so you can, you know, you can do text chat, you can also do video, you can do audio. It's really kind of this like holistic solution to communicating digitally. And mainly uh, arose for gamers to, to link up, you know, if you're playing MMOs and, or, or something like that, where, where you, you want to get your guild together, like that would be one way to do it. And, and there are many, many other uses, um, for discord it's it's if you know slack it's kind of like slack in that way too so there's a lot of productivity uh uses for it also as an alternative to slack but that's kind of the general idea is is that's that that's functionally what you can do it's a it's a way to communicate either through text video or audio all in one place again it does some more things than that but that's kind of the the nuts and bolts of it and for us it's our it's really our metaverse ministry hub so we go in and we've got people in our VR, you know, places, not just on Sunday, they will go in and, and, you know, do events and, and hang out and play games, whatever it may be. But, but 24, seven, seven days a week, our discord server is where we really do the bulk of our ministry. Like when, when somebody needs prayer, if somebody's struggling, one of our, one of our flock or somebody that we know it needs prayer, like they're going to go to discord and say, Hey, can somebody pray with me? Um, if somebody has got a theological question, you know, it, we may not be in VR at, at that moment. So what do they do? They come over to discord. We've got our channel questions about Christianity. They pop it in there and we've got people that are able to respond and we kick it around. We have a daily Bible reading plan in there so that somebody, you know, will post scripture each day talk about it. And then we just hang out. It's also just the place where our community gets to know each other, um, you know, at the pace that they, at the, that they want to, to go at. And so some of us will like link up to go play a game, say, Hey, you, you guys want to drop into pop one? Let's go. Uh, that kind of thing. We have, you know, and, and we just, we joke, joke around with each other. We'll post memes. We'll share our art. That's another thing. We've got some amazing artists um, in our, in our congregation and they'll post their art there and we'll celebrate that. So it, it really ends up being, like I said, I call it like the hub because that, that really is what, it, what, it, what it, it, it is. And we have people in there that we pastor, that we, that we counsel, that actually never actually even go into VR. They just don't. They're not, they don't, like some of them don't even have a headset. So, so 
Discord really is um, is the, the place where most of the relationships get forged. And it's that it's it's kind of like a link to to our VR experiences or in any of the other places that we might do ministry. Yeah, it's it's crucial. I had somebody at a, a metaverse pastor tell me once that uh, the 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 headsets that's what we do on Sunday. Um, the Discord is what we do Monday through Saturday. Like that's that's the the lifeblood of the church lives in asynchronously through you know, devices like the iPhone and, and things like that. And so incredible opportunities to extend the reach. And actually, discipleship typically lives more in that asynchronous environments and, and, and in the Discord than it does in the actual headsets itself. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just some, some great opportunities there. Well, hey, uh, Michael, this has been an, an incredible show. Um, let me ask, and the first of its kind, I only offended one person in the show, so I am, uh, I'm proud that we made it through one, and, and looking forward to more conversations. I know um, next week we're going to have uh, Jason Poling, Michael's literal boss uh, from uh, Cornerstone Ubisidian VR, be talking about pastoring, what that looks like, practical steps. He literally went from, uh, this joke doesn't offend, I've said it in front of his face, but he literally didn't even know how to spell VR to running a VR church in, in less than a year. And, and so uh, a phenomenal story of, of multiplication and discipleship and trusting people around you. And so looking forward to him telling the story. Uh, with with Michael and, and Jason and these guys, we, we work together uh, through a website called metachurch.digital, uh, basically helping churches like yours figure out how to take these next steps in uh, digital and metaverse ministry. And so feel free to check out the website. I think the link should be in the chat, metachurch.digital. Feel free to click on that. You can grab time with me. We can talk in person, but would love to hear what you all are thinking, what you all are, are dreaming about when it comes to the metaverse, and maybe help you figure out what some of those basic steps are to now to get you going to the place uh, where you can be um, multiplying even into a metaverse church. And on that note, man, we're going to land the plane. This has been great. Uh, so uh, for, for myself, Jeff, and, and, and Goose here as well, thanks for jumping on Metaverse Church Next here with uh, Leadership Network. Thanks for uh, Expo for hosting this, and uh, we'll see you next week, Wednesday, 1230, here at uh, Meta Church Next. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Network podcast and joining the conversation for what is next for the church and its leaders. We look forward to connecting with you as we bring our questions, contribute our wisdom, and pursue what is next. Visit leadnet.org for more resources, information about leader cohorts, and more. That is leadnet.org.